For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to After Hours with Defo and Luby, Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. And if you're a follower of the program, uh, you might have been aware that... Uh, Mike Luby Lubitz was on a rather spectacular vacation <laughs> last so sorry week. Sorry, you missed us. <laughs> I hope My you fault. guys, uh, you know, are back with us here as Luby is, and uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you on After Hours. Uh, I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz. Um, were you eating gyros uh, while you yes. were? Or kebabs while you were watching the NFL draft? How did that work? And did you have to catch this? Were you still obsessed enough with the NFL draft that while traveling with your lovely wife Shirley? All around a spectacular and just extremely scenic and colorful and alive country of Greece. That you were still more concerned about who the Jaguars would take in the third round and uh, watch this on your cell phone while touring all of these spectacular sites. How, how did that go? Well, the only problem sports-wise, um, it's a, it's seven hours ahead. So things during the day. I so you have the result of, before uh, yes. the game is even completed. You should have bet. No, we don't know the future. Oh, no. It, it takes place in real time. It's still the same okay. time. Yeah. But it's the next day. So I didn't. See, now it would be a dream for me to go to I another know. country, which is on a different time zone where you could post bet games that already, uh, you know, the results have become public knowledge. I didn't know the future, but. Uh, I did keep track of sports. I just, when it was night stuff, I had to pay attention till the next morning. Like, I wasn't staying up till, because the draft didn't start till like 7, 8 o'clock at night. So it would have been like 4 in the morning. So I didn't stay up that late to watch the draft, but I did keep track of everything. It was interesting to see guys dropping, like Malik Willis. All you did was hear that he could go sixth or third, going to the third round. Sam Howell all year was going to be a late first, second round pick, goes to the fifth round. Jermaine Johnson had moved up to where he might have been a fit, top five pick. He goes late first. So it was interesting to see uh, guys moving up and moving down in a way that no one had prognosticated. Um, and it was interesting to see the ending of the first round of the NBA playoffs and the beginning of the second round. Oh, very much so. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll get into that a little bit here on the program today you know, with the uh, team competing here in town. And it brings up you know, a very, I mean, a common sporting topic. But uh, nonetheless, I, I don't know that this man received as much criticism as he should have for leaving Joel Embiid, an injured Joel Embiid, in a game where his team is up 29 points, <laughs> a clinching series game. It's not like uh, there was anything more to be considered. Uh, the Toronto Raptors were going out in six. They couldn't compete. They didn't have Van Vliet. Uh, they gave a noble effort in coming back to get the series to 3-2, going back to their home court. But they get annihilated, cremated by the Philadelphia 76ers. And Joel Embiid is injured inside the final four minutes of a game where his team was up 29. And all you can ask yourself is, uh, holy Gino Auriemma, <laughs> what the hell is this man doing on the court, Doc Rivers? 
And, and you know, for my money, it absolutely cost them this second round series. Uh, they're already down one nothing to the Miami Heat. Uh, they were in the ball game a little bit, as uh, is customary. You'll see a team that uh, is down their big gun, and somehow, uh, like the Mavericks were in the uh, first round of the playoffs, where you thought, "Wow, without Doncic, how the hell are they even competitive?" And sure enough, they, they held their own, and then they got Doncic back. And uh, even though he wasn't an overwhelming factor there, he certainly was a, a huge, huge. I mean. Guy had, what, like 45 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, you know, he had the kind of stats you would expect from Moses Malone, not a guard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they still lost uh, the Dallas Mavericks uh, in that ball game, But uh, nonetheless, uh, you see the value. And, you know, so teams uh, like Philadelphia did last night against the Heat, sometimes without their best guy out there on the court, uh, they'll make a considerable uh, impression that, uh, yeah, they have a chance to win, and then they ultimately fall, which is what happened as uh, the Heat pulled away and uh, covered the point spread, which, uh, by the way, once again, congratulations. I believe this is still the Brent Musburger Barry America campaign. <laughs> that was Vegas Sports Information Network. Not to get on Brent. I mean, you know, he's got guys that, that as we often reference, right, very eloquently and uh, analytically sound, or so it seems, and they involve numerology and uh, trends and everything. And, uh, you know, matchups and they get into all of this detail and then they give you their pick and they're absolutely dead wrong, which uh, the guy had selected that uh, go ahead and play Philadelphia without Embiid getting seven and a hook for the Miami Heat. Now, he was right for a long period of time, which shows you, you know, gambling, uh, you know, as you often say, you'll be quoting the professor, our good friend uh, from our uh, show, uh, the Defoe show uh, that we do seven to nine on the uh, East Coast every day. Google the Defoe show. You can find uh, some of that, yep. including uh, the professor's big board. But he, he always says it's called gambling, not winning. Yes. So even uh, the best of logic uh, and uh, while it plays out for a little while, still can go haywire at any time uh, in the end game uh, of a sporting event, which is uh, the miracle of all of this wagering. Never is it mentioned in any of these come on ads. DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, or any of the uh, betting entities out there that uh, your mind will eventually become crippled <laughs> from sweating out point spreads in games that have been decided for already about an hour and a half, but still boil down always to the final player <laughs> two, the final minute or so. And, uh, you know, it, you're going to you know, probably need uh, some form of uh, cardiologist uh, care <laughs> by the time you're 27 if you're getting into this now. Especially if you're betting parlays, which we recommend. Yeah, which How great you recommend. Is which you recommend. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they did lose to the spread, uh, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And, and uh, for my money, uh, you know, this may not turn out to be the case, but Doc Rivers lost them the series by going Geno and leaving his starters in the game too long. And his justification, I thought, was extremely lame where he gets in. And, and no one wants to attack Doc Rivers, do they? I mean, you, you would think the Philadelphia press would have been a little bit more assertive here yes. and uh, gotten into one of those things that, goes viral where the reporter just keeps pressing him. But Doc, yep. he's your best player. But Doc, yep. how could you have in a game? But Doc, yep. teams are 2,487-0 and 0 <laughs> in situations where they're up 29 with four minutes to go no matter what. But Doc, you could have pulled Dr. J out of the stands. Yeah, exactly. All of this could have happened. And, uh, you know, I, I think he cost him uh, that series. So uh, very interesting. Second round uh, opening of the uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, had a couple of games. Uh, the big shocker, I guess, will be uh, – Every single expert, and with good reason. Now, you talk about uh, sound logic and uh, analytical genius. How could you see Milwaukee beating the Boston Celtics the way the two teams were playing when Milwaukee was going to have to go without 
Middleton. You would have to say, uh, with all due respect to uh, Drew Holiday, that uh, Chris Middleton is the second most important player on that team and second most in importance, but uh, vital importance because you obviously need something heavy duty in there behind Giannis in in terms of a supporting cast. And, uh, you know, they're not going to get this from uh, Connaughton and uh, some of these other guys that they throw out there. Uh, Grayson Allen, my God, uh, a guy that uh, (laughs) just as soon punch you in the balls as he would uh, sink a three. (laughs) Has he punched anybody in the balls uh, during the playoffs? I don't know. He's yet? done some stuff when he was that dude. He took that. out Caruso there for like half the season, who uh, we saw was uh, an excellent player there for the Chicago Bulls and uh, previously, you know, uh, distinguished himself very well with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers in a championship run as uh, a, uh, you know, key catalyst in any success that a team would have. But uh, nonetheless, the Bucs, a shocker there. And I mean, easily handled uh, with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, going absolutely berserk. And uh, they, they beat the Boston Celtics, who were playing, in most people's opinion, the best basketball of anybody in the NBA uh, at the current time. They, the Bucks. It's, a, it's an interesting thing because Middleton is their second-best player, and he he's had his own struggles in the playoffs, but after last year going to the finals and he played really well in the finals, it felt like he had really cemented himself as that second guy. And then Holiday's played really well these playoffs, and he was really good in the finals, so it felt like they had their big three and so you lose Middleton, and the Celtics have everyone. Real Williams is even, I think, back in the fold. That it felt like okay, the Celtics until Middleton came back, the Celtics had the advantage to not only lose, but then they got pummeled. I mean, the fourth quarter, Giannis just took the Bucks to another level. That was a shocker. Now I I won't write that series off without Middleton. Like I think the Celtics will get back in it. But I, people, I think, were overrating the sucks based on how the Celtics, based on how they beat the Nets. And the Nets, by the end of it, were a total disaster. Like, they weren't the team that people thought could shock the world as a quote-unquote seventh seed. So I think people overrated the Celtics in that regard. And we're still doing this thing with Giannis because he's not the greatest outside shooter still. We forget everything else he does every single night, every single play. Like, he doesn't do a LeBron where he half-assed it on defense. He doesn't do a James Harden where he disappears. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo plays great defense, is aggressive on offense, and a leader from the beginning and end to end of every game. And even without a Middleton, he can put his team on his back. Like, we should talk about Giannis like we did about LeBron or we did about Durant, and we still people still sort of don't which I think this series will sort of show that. And like, an improved uh, free-throw shooter also. Yes, he, over, he's not uh, a death nail what? at the line, and that was his big detriment was, okay, well, you can set him to the line and it'll hurt you. No, he's shooting like 70-something percent, maybe even higher. So yeah. he, this team is for real. They are the best team in the East, and they're scary. And I think the Celtics and the rest of the NBA is going to see that. After I was with uh, Defoe and Luby. There, uh, so uh, now yeah. the Celtics come back and win that thing at yeah, five. Well, of course, yeah, <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a better series than that game shows. I just don't. I mean, people were picking the Celtics, which I find weird. Surprised like, to see the Celtics throwing a stinker uh, yeah, in yeah. that one and get smoked like that uh, by uh, Giannis, who um, you know I, I would have to say that uh, as much as Michael Jordan benefited from some very liberal interpretations of the traveling rule that uh, nobody takes greater advantage of it uh, besides, uh, I guess, Giannis and uh, maybe James Harden. Harden, Harden. <laughs> where you get about six steps to the basket and then you flail your arms in the air. Uh, at least Giannis attempts a dunk at the end yes. of this. Uh, I mean, yes. Harden will just go in there and just flail his arms in the air after taking six steps. And then, uh, sure enough, they send them to the strike. <laughs>
Misses his 19th free throw attempt. Uh, here we are midway through the second quarter. I tell you what, this man is getting in a basket in fashions that we've never seen before. Yeah, he doesn't dribble the basketball. <laughs> he's like a he takes uh, one little dribble at the top of the key there as he's, you know, kind of uh, waffling back and forth as to which way he's going to go. Tells the guy, hey, your pants are on fire, and then goes right around him to the left, uh, takes six steps and does a Euro. And, and the Euro step is the biggest cop it's out of any analyst in the game. Well, now, look at that Euro step. Yeah, that's called uh, changing pivot feet and taking four steps before you release the basketball. Got to travel. Holy Mendy Rudolph. I mean, what the hell are we looking at there? Giannis, uh, though, I mean, he does take some liberties, I would have to say, with the concept of uh, yes. you know, walking and putting the ball on the floor. But uh, nonetheless, a great player, taking nothing away from him, a great admirer of uh, what this guy's done. He was a raw talent a few years ago, and look, look what he's blossomed into. And you know what? Every now and then he does pop that three-point shot in there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting him to be uh, shooting jumpers like Durant, but uh, when, when he does do that, I mean, it, it's more than a great equalizer in terms of uh, putting added pressure on a defense. So the thing with the Celtics, though, was that their defense had been so good. I mean, uh, they really throttled Durant in, in that series, uh, you know, and I think they uh, made an objective of uh, trying to uh, make it as tough on Kevin Durant as they could, and they, they accomplished that, even though Kyrie Irving had uh, some spectacular games. Against the Celtics in that series, uh, the sweep of the Brooklyn Nets was pretty impressive, I thought, and enough to make me believe that the experts might have been on to something. So uh, we'll see how that one transpires. Now we have the NHL. This is the toughest championship, Luby, in all of sports to win. Yes. I'm a firm believer in that. I am not just pandering to the hockey fans out there that uh, say, yeah, yeah, well, you never talk any hockey. We do because we have a, uh, a ridiculous bet on the first <laughs> round of the playoffs. And you would have to uh, lay three fifty to get a uh, hundred dollars back on a hundred dollar a uh, hundred dollar wager, but uh, we are getting even money on, on our wager. Yeah, as uh, we bet uh, one of our uh, members of our cast on the Defo show, uh, we call him the Gambling Gourmet, a uh, fine dinner and uh, what will be a very pricey dinner here in South Florida, where uh, we originate from. Uh, and he believes that the Panthers, I don't know if he believes it, but uh, just to be an agitator, he, yes. he uh, bet that the Panthers would lose in the first round of the playoffs. Now, that's hard to see for, with the season that they had. Is it possible? Of course. Anything can happen. It's the Wild West. It's the NHL, which uh, I still don't understand, but they, they bastardized their playoffs. So they've actually compromised the, the whole notion that uh, to be the best, you have to beat the best. Yes. And, you know, the fact that they went away from this format that I thought was fine years ago where they reseeded after each round so that the top team was always playing the lowest available seed. Uh, they capitulated to the whole idea of having some kind of bracket and came up with a cockamamie scheme that uh, I don't know that uh, anybody can figure out what the logic is behind it. But they do eliminate a lot of really good teams in the first round. Yes. As uh, you have two of the top teams uh, in the East the Maple Leafs and the Lightning squaring off in a first-round match, and it was very uh, representative of what happened last year when the Florida Panthers, now among the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, were matched up against the Lightning, who, who were the top team and defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round, and they ultimately lost, and everybody said, hey, you see, there they go, and they lost in the first <laughs> round again. What a bunch of bumps. <laughs> but much of that was attributable to the uh, Gary Bettman cockamamie school yes. of playoff scheduling. Yep. 
and and ranking, and and so you, you have all of this uh, weirdness going on where uh, they do uh, play a, a team that had a hundred points during the season, the Washington Capitals, and anytime you're in the postseason and you have a compelling star player like Ovechkin, Ulum is being dangerous. Yes. No, and then yes. suspect goaltending, uh, you know, did uh, come into play for the Panthers at the tail end of the season, but uh, they also had rattled off like a phenomenal what. 12, 12 in a row. <laughs> Before they uh, caved and lost a couple. And so uh, I, I, I can't see them. Uh, the zillion years I've been watching sports, Luby, I, I can't see this team. I mean, uh, we, we know it could happen. Uh, you know, it looms as uh, one of the realm of possibilities, but I, I can't see them losing in the first round. Well, if they win the Stanley Cup, that's a whole other matter. But the first round, if they can't get out of the first round this year, then I'll go back in a time machine to 1996. <laughs> And I'll love it because the prices of everything will be a lot lower. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's the thing is in hockey, it happens because hockey is like a level playing field. The home ice advantage really isn't that big of a deal. The, the sport itself, there there is plays and there is, there is a, a system and a format, but a lot of it's just crazy. A lot of the goals happen off of just blind luck or pure just a rebound goes here and the guy just hits it in but it was it was sort of accidentally on purpose like hockey's just a weird sport so you you see the eight seed beat the one seed and it's not miraculous but a lot of the time that one seed is cocky that one seed has a track record the one seed has a history for me the panthers are not the normal one seed in the sense that you said it they haven't won a series in over 20 years so they understand the reality that nothing is given to them the eighth seed the Capitals have Ovechkin, one of the best players in hockey history, and he still, I think, led the NHL in in goals this year. So the guy still got another fifty goal season. The guy is still I think he doing had 50 it. Again. He did. He had fifty. So I I don't think they're go- they're the normal number one seed in the sense that they're going to get cocky. They're not expecting or assuming anything, and they're hearing it every day that they could and should lose because they're the Panthers. So I think that will. Give them the chip on their shoulder crap. Plus, they have veterans. This isn't the, the Panther team that was there last year. They made trades for guys that have won in the playoffs before, which is something they didn't have. Also, they have the experience of that lightning loss last year, which was them going down even though they were the home ice team. So, I I don't I Could they lose? Yeah. Will they lose? I don't think so. I think this is set up for them to get out of the first round and be a legit contender. The problem for them is... It's a war of the entire playoffs. <laughs> like the East, it's like the West used to be in the NBA, where it's like every good team's in the East, but the Avalanche. So the Avalanche seem to have a cakewalk. And then in the East, literally, you're the Lightning, the back to back defending champions, playing Austin Matthews, one of the best players in all of hockey, losing like 5 nothing in the first game. Like it's just going to be a war. But for the Panthers, that shouldn't stop them from being out of the first round. The Stanley Cup's going to be... In other words, what do we know about hockey? That's what it is. (laughs) We we have this stupid bet, and uh, I don't think we can lose. Uh, So, naturally, uh, you can count on uh, the Caps moving on to the second round of the playoffs. (laughs) I I remember one year, uh, the Caps, uh, when they won the Stanley Cup, they... they lost as big favorites uh, the first couple of games. I forget uh, yep. who uh, they played in the first-round series, and they were down like 2 nothing. Yep. And I remember uh, reading a criticism of a, a friend of ours uh, that's in the media who uh, you know claims to be a big hockey expert, and he was uh, saying, well, there they go again, choking dogs, Ovechkin. And then sure enough, they rallied, won the series, and then went on to win a Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, they're, they're – a crowning achievement there with Ovechkin. You, you would think it's pretty hard to have a guy of this caliber and uh, never, never win a uh, Stanley Cup. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that that was 
what, what it was looking like after they yes. lost the first two at home yep. in, in the uh, series that they played. I, I forget who it was against. It might have been the Bruins, but uh, uh, they ended up, uh, you know, coming back, rallying, and winning that series. A hot goaltender makes the big difference. Yes. And, and that's the question. Uh, you know, if you're not going to have a hot goaltender, the Panthers, the highest scoring team in the league this year, in a league that uh, had a record uh, amount of goals scored and uh, teams averaging just uh, ridiculously high scoring numbers. Uh, they, they don't necessarily need to have the hottest goaltender in the league, and, and they don't and probably won't uh, in the uh, series and, and throughout the playoffs. But we, we just have to get out of the first round, Dan. Yes. We're going to be okay. Uh, all right, uh, quick uh, thought. We didn't get a chance to uh, give you our post-draft analysis. Uh, I don't know, Luby, you want to go through your grades for every team? No. I, I don't want to go through grades on everything. I think that okay. I think the grades are funny. I, I look. I do think the Jets had a good first round. I don't know about the rest of their draft. I've heard good things. I trust the Ravens. They always seem to do a pretty good job in the draft. Um, I, the Giants seemingly had a good draft, but the grading is so funny to me because again, we don't know what any of these players are until like two, three years down the road. So to grade them the next day seems totally asinine. A couple of things, uh, you know, and, and I did miss that uh, from the Jet fans, the, the stunned look yes. of disbelief. <laughs> As, uh, you know, they, they, they took, like, absolutely the wrong guy year after year after year after year, including passing on Dan Marino. Yep. Right? Uh, remember that? Yep. Uh, when uh, they, they said, out of UC Davis. And uh, <laughs> the fans were like, what? <laughs> UC Davis, Marino goes to Pittsburgh. Like Marino's in, <laughs> as a Panther. <laughs> oh, my God. The tight ends, Blair Thomas. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, they've had so many, uh, <laughs> so many disasters uh, over the years uh, that uh, it's hard to even watch. Except, I mean, if you like seeing people being tortured and tormented, uh, and that'll be the Jet fans. Uh, that, that was always a great image, but that, that didn't happen this year. It looked no, like no. all of a sudden they became shrewd, and uh, you had, uh, you know, uh, of course, um, you know, many other things, including the the mysterious pick. By Bill Belichick in the first round, who traded down to take a guy that everybody said was like a fifth-round player. Yes. Mel Kuyper, man, he started uh, choking on Moose himself as uh, Belichick. <laughs> oh, there you go. You know, that's Bill. Took a guy that nobody had ever heard of, uh, you know, and uh, was projected to go somewhere in the late sixth round as his first-round pick after maneuvering in that position. But uh, who could question this guy? And then, you know, the big topic, though, uh, Luby, and we talked about it on the Defoe show earlier this morning, was, uh, you know, A, that quarterbacks uh, all of a sudden were a non-commodity and that the one guy that was taken, Kenny Pickett, out of Pittsburgh in the first round, all of a sudden they were questioning every part of this man's anatomy. <laughs> Stopping just short of asking his girlfriend before the draft if she had been completely satisfied <laughs> with what this man was all about because he, had, because he has the smallest hands in the history of the National Football League. Okay. And the natural, uh, you know, assumption is small hands. Hey, Donnie, how big is yours? That, remember that question popped up during one of the yes, debates. Hey, yes. Donnie, you got those little paws, man. Yes. How big is yours? And then Trump, you know, the masculine uh, figure that he is, had to say, "Bull, <laughs> they don't call me John Holmes for nothing. You're like, Holmes? You know, you're more like Katie Holmes. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Larry Holmes, I mean, it would be another example, I guess, maybe where you would have to think I'm going with the over. But uh, we don't get in, I want to get into penis sizes, but uh, this hand size thing got so ridiculous that I literally thought, Luby, I said this morning, that uh, I, I thought Booger McFarlane was going to unzip his fly. <laughs> you would have been shocked. And, and say, see? 
It is Look true. Look at my hands. <laughs> All right, so and and that that was great because uh, I I love when when it gets into an anatomy class when they're analyzing the NFL draft. Never mind that the guy set like every record at a school that once had Dan Marino chucking a rock for him, and he played through his senior year. Can you imagine? And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, maybe what? More liberal passing rules? Is that also applicable in the uh, college game? That the passing rules are more liberal? Yes. Are, are they more inclined to, uh, you know, allow receivers to have all the advantages over defensive backs because uh, a guy breathes on you? As a, Where would Lester Hayes be and uh, Mike Haynes oh, today? We've talked with him about it. At uh, various radio rows, uh, but uh, you can't you can't really uh, you know lay a finger on a guy or even breathe on him. So are, are the rules more liberal in college now, as they have been liberalized in the pros, where where guys are going to have stats that are askew from what you had in the past? I mean, kind of like the steroid era in baseball, where the stats uh, all of a sudden were rendered meaningless in spite of their historical significance, because now uh, it's like a, a strikeout record now, where, yes. where everybody strikes out. Uh, you know, so if a guy has 3,000 strikeouts today, is that is that the number that you look at as the barometer for greatness? Not sure. I, but, I mean, uh, the college isn't as, as competitive as the NFL, so obviously things move faster, players are even bigger and even stronger, so that makes that quarterback's job tougher, so I guess hand size would matter. I, I mean, the kid did a lot at Pittsburgh. They were ended up being like a top-10 team this year, which we haven't seen – in my lifetime, really. So yeah. the kid at least deserves a shot, and he's going to the right organization. He doesn't have to change locker rooms. He doesn't have to change uh, his route to work every day. And he already knows the city, and it's an organization that wins. So if you're a young quarterback, that's sort of what you're looking for. North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell, right? Yeah, that, yep, That's yep, the guy, yep, Sam yep, Howell. Yep. That guy looked great to me. Great. At the combine air, he fires one down the field, 67 yards in the air, hits the guy in stride. All of his highlight films uh, made him look uh, pretty spectacular. And uh, he goes in the fifth round. So Yeah, that's crazy. And the Malik Willis uh, dealing with was also uh, a mystery to many people. Uh, we were told earlier this morning uh, by an insider that, uh, that the hype that surrounded this kid uh, did not match in any way yes, yeah the internal opinion of people inside the National Football League. So we'll see what kind of fools they are. <laughs> exactly. And you would imagine if anybody was going to have a, a giant so-called chip on his shoulder, it might be uh, Willis and any other quarterback uh, that was in the draft, including Mr. Irrelevant was a quarterback, which is rare. Mike Luby Lubitz. Uh, yep. Brock, uh, what is it? Purdy. Brock Purdy, yeah, Mr. Irrelevant. The guy out of Iowa State. Quarterback from Iowa, yeah. Iowa, Iowa he goes State. number yeah, really 262 good. to the San Francisco 49ers. So um, he, he gets that distinction, and uh, I guess that would be better than uh, just being a regular nobody who got taken in the seventh round who's exactly. not going to make the uh, – do all seventh-round picks make the team? No, no, no. No, no. Yeah. Seventh round, I mean – I mean, now uh, with seventh. the need to keep uh, guys on the 53-man roster that are making no money – or uh, are they likely to be beaten out by uh, undrafted free agents that are signed after the draft? I mean, seven, being a seventh-round pick doesn't assure you anything. I mean, first through third or fourth, yeah. When you get to the fifth, sixth, seventh, I mean, if there's an undrafted guy that is showing out, they're not protecting you. That's All right. Sure. Well, you got a nice uh, little tour in there, uh, yeah, exactly. Disney World. <laughs> Our uh, friend, uh, the agent of the stars, uh, who was with us, Brett Tester, uh, said that he represented a Mr. Irrelevant one year, and it was one of the most uh, entertaining weeks he's ever had uh, in, in his 20 years in the National Football League business of uh, representing players because uh, 
they literally like uh, had him getting uh, to the front of the line on all rides. Exactly. And cutting ahead of like DiCaprio was there with one of his model girlfriends. And uh, they're like, hey, hey, Leo. Yeah, no, just a second here. This is Mr. Irrelevant. And uh, he's about to, uh, you know, get on the teacups there. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've been spinning around here uh, and, and it's been great. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in, downloading the program here. After Hours with Tifo and Luby, Jeff DeForest, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz. It's game on due tonight as our uh, big bet uh, gets uh, its first chapter written. And uh, hopefully we will not be adding up any capital for that dinner. And no pun intended there, because uh, I'm hoping the Panthers shellac the Washington Capitals tonight. Exactly. I was a Capital fan that year because I loved Bruce Boudreaux. The coach, yeah. One of my favorite coaches, uh, uh, Barry Trotz and Bruce Boudreaux, my two favorite hockey coaches since Toe Blake. Was, uh, <laughs> just irascible, cantankerous, Danny DeVito sorts. Yep. No neck. I mean, just real classic uh, hockey people. Look like they had a puck for breakfast. And, uh, you know, and, and he, you know, you, you talk about Joe Pesci type of uh, speech patterns. This guy, I, I, I don't know that he ever said a word that, that uh, was more than four letters at any time. I mean, <laughs> just at the most salty, uh, foul language that you'll ever hear out of anybody. And uh, it was greatly respected by us here on After Hours. All right, Luby, uh, glad to have you back. And Thank we'll you, have sir. a lot of good stuff coming up uh, this week here on the show. Kentucky Derby's coming up uh, later on in the week. We'll have some analysis on that. The single greatest betting and wagering opportunity that you could have in any given year. It's happening on uh, Saturday. Uh, a lot of big things happening all around the world of sports with the hockey playoffs, NBA. And, uh, of course, uh, what? It's not too soon to start uh, you know, looking in on uh, various mini camps and uh, deciding uh, who deserves an A-plus in the draft which uh, we, we would be real good at uh, getting the grades up. Grades for every team. What do you think about that, Louie? No, no, no. Tomorrow's not show? for me. You no? can do it. <laughs> I think it's asinine. That looked like an A-plus to me. All right. Uh, you guys have a great time. Well, we'll see you again tomorrow here on After Hours with Tifo and Luby From Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest saying uh, no matter what you're doing in life, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how regrettable some decisions you made are, you've got to believe. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.